0: All right. I can see
1: mm-hmm. you. Okay. All right. Welcome back. <laughs> How's everyone doing today? Great. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know we all just messaged our spouses on what's our worst quality. So we'll be sharing that at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean's spouse responded really quickly. So <laughs> far too quickly. <laughs> I barely hit send, and she already had an automatic
2: response. <laughs> Granted, it's only two words, but
0: oh god, two words!
1: Oh my Rapid gosh, <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. can't wait. Yeah, honestly, I'm looking forward to that. I actually, we don't need me and Sam don't know that option. So, um, all right, couple of topics that we want to talk about today: when it's time to leave your current brokerage, and Um, Two out of five sellers make concessions um, for buyers. Third, overcoming the high interest rate objection. Honestly, what a greater time because I think we're close to all-time highs. Um, (laughs) Yearly Mm all-time highs. Okay, Um, Rocket mortgage 1% down. And then we'll probably finish it off with that um what's our worst qualities or would your others i don't know we'll see how that goes so Mm -hmm. sam how's everything going this week i know uh you know uh, you we made you leave a happy hour to come to this event uh or leave a happy hour Mm -hmm. event to come to this
0: um yeah there's some one of uh, the uh, most precious times uh, being a team member on my team is that we have a monthly happy hour and i had to leave 30 minutes early for this so <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> okay
2: yeah, and no, what's I the mean. backstory behind this because i feel like there was a simple typo that
1: there was a typo. built right, up the right, right. sam was That's like hey sam was like hey i'm gonna be late and then i accidentally typo you know it's really a testament to my um can and can't mentality Um, sure sure sure.
0: i think really what it boils down to is if a client texted you and said can we see this home tomorrow at seven and then you said i can't do that they would think oh i need a new realtor and so me being the loyal person that i am i said "Ooh, i better leave early because he can't
1: yeah like we'll
0: find somebody else yeah (laughs) yeah. <laughs> my and constant need for validation said so, i better get their own time
1: <laughs> yeah just some just some cl- clarification sam was like hey i'm gonna be like 15 minutes late is that cool and i accidentally <laughs> said no i can't instead of <laughs> what i really meant was sure that's like no problem um, right. but the can and can't i think yeah again you know can't can't yeah, mentality yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
0: I think Susie and I could probably have a long discussion about this and you would end up on the bottom.
1: Yeah, I, <laughs> I wouldn't even be in the room. I would just leave. <laughs> That's what would happen. And if
2: anybody anyway. was curious, the saga continues of the Robbie versus <laughs> Sam saga. We're back. We are officially back.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> we're here now. We're ready.
1: Mm-hmm. We're Yeah, we're mm-hmm. here. Um,
0: let's get into it.
1: Let's get into it. Yeah. So when it's t- when it's time. To leave your brokerage, mm-hmm.
0: um, I've got a lot of really strong opinions about this. So I'm going to let you guys go first.
1: Okay, that's fair. A um, couple oh things that just r- really come to mind come to mind like quickly is if they're not giving, if you can't, if you can't call your team leader and they will answer, probably time mm-hmm. to leave. Um, the support is a big deal for me i feel like when i first got into real estate um feeling alone was a big part and i was always able to call my team leader um, yeah. for a mentor coach or whatever and they were always there so if you're like you know if you there's no one for you to call man that sucks mm-hmm. maybe start interviewing some other brokerages. I
2: think that's probably like the most
1: key thing that we get,
2: especially when we're onboarding or interviewing agents that are prospective to our teams. I think the number one that I ever get of the reason why they're looking at another broker or another opportunity is, one, they're not getting the support they want. Two, the technology, they don't either have any or they don't have anything that's going to help increase leverage their business in any way, shape, or form. Or the training is just non-existent. So... Um, I know I spoke to somebody on the phone the other day that they felt like with the organization that they were with, they felt like a glorified thumbtack holding up their license on the wall Uh because they paid a monthly fee. But realistically, it was on them to find their CRM. It was on them to create their own website. It was on them to find their business and all of that stuff, which is really disheartening from a team leader standpoint, because realistically, we all got into this job in this position because of our agents. So, um, that was one of those things that was that one hit me hard. Is when people are like, "I'm my backup back's against the wall. I've expended a lot of time and effort and financial stake for the broker that's not really doing a whole lot for me." So, that's well, the one I hear on the day to day People basis.
1: invest so much money in just getting started that oh, yeah. it, and then and then when you finally pick a broker and they're like, "Oh, this is where you," like this is. This is what you have to do, and they just kind of like throw you to the wolves. You know, that's what that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. They just throw you. Sam, what are like your thoughts?
0: One of the things that really irks me is the personal responsibility that agents feel to their broker. Like I, I know what it's like to be a new agent and start getting courted by, let's just say 10 different brokerages, like immediately, right? You're getting Mm -hmm. licensed. Oh my gosh. I'm so interested in you. Here's what I can offer you. Right. You have no idea what you want. That would Mm -hmm. like, that would be Mm -hmm. like turning 16 and 10 potential suitors coming to you immediately and being like, this is the life that I have planned for you. But you haven't even considered like what you want out of life or like what's important to you, what your priorities are. And then you Mm -hmm. just pick one. And then you feel obligated to stay with them throughout the rest of your life. You've got 80 plus years because Mm. what? Because they were the first person that poised the question to you. Right? So again, this is one of my, my biggest irks with agents that I interview is they feel like they have to stay where they are. They feel like they made a commitment and I appreciate the loyalty, but at the end of the day, you've invested so much money, so much time, so much effort into getting into this profession in the first place. If you're not getting what you need out of the brokerage that you're at, it's time to cut ties. You don't owe them anything. Um, Mm -hmm. With the caveat that if you were provided a plan, my favorite words to say, a proven repeatable system, and you didn't follow that system, then shame on you. Mm -hmm. Because there's a difference between, oh, what I'm being offered isn't enough and, oh, what I'm doing isn't enough. Right. Right. But if what you're being offered isn't isn't enough, then it's time to freaking leave.
2: Right. If that's not the biggest gut punch that you ever see somebody that jumps ship prior to them really catching their stride. The one thing that we say notoriously and after our onboarding training is like, listen, the grass is not greener on the other side. It's greener where you choose to water it and where you have the most support, where you have all the things that you potentially could ever need but you're choosing not to water it. So when we see those people bounce out of our teams because it took X amount of more phone calls, X amount of more conversations, that's the thing that's like, wait a second, you almost were there. Yeah. And then they left. But I
0: think that that's the catch 22 to being a new agent. Like you yeah. never know if this is the grass I'm supposed to be watering or if mm. this grass is never gonna turn green, especially yeah. as 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 brand new. Um, you know, obviously we're all biased. We know that mm-hmm. in our system and in our model, if you water your freaking grass, you're going to make some money. But as an Asian just looking in, we could just be crazy cult leaders that have drank the Kool-Aid and we want to mm-hmm. get as many people in as possible. So I understand having a little bit of hesitation um, to, to totally buy in. What I would say is look at your brokerage. Look at who's successful. What are they doing? If you've emulated what they're doing over an extended period of time and you're still not getting the results that you want to see, then it's time to consider some other options.
1: Mm hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That point that you made where it's like, are you doing what they told you to do or do they not have anything at all? Um, Man, that like hit home. (laughs) Because I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of times the agents that don't do well or or that fail and say that it's um, on us are the people that do the least.
0: So, yeah, man, yeah, that hit home. And I think that one of the hardest things, at least for me, about becoming a team leader, and I still haven't quite got it, is understanding that like you, like I can't conjure up effort. I can direct you. I can tell you where to put your effort, but I can't make you put in effort. I can't make Mm -hmm. you want it. I can't, um, you know, decide a why for you or give you a strong enough motivation to get up every morning and do what you do. And I'm not the kind of team leader where I'm going to text you every morning at 8 a.m. and be like, hey, do you brush your teeth? And are you sitting down to prospect yet?
1: Like, that's not
0: who I am and it's not my job. Nope. So, you know, how do you distinguish? And unfortunately, I think a lot of times we chalk it up to, oh, well, they didn't work hard enough. And as somebody that's pretty freaking hard on themselves, I always wonder, like, oh, how could I have tried better? How could yeah, I have done better by that agent?
1: Yeah. I think, I think we all as leaders, though, have a owner ownership mentality where it's like, if you want to be on our team, there's mm-hmm. some sort of ownership that you have to have um, over your life to be able to succeed. Mm-hmm. And if there's not, like, I'm not like you said, like, I'm not going to text you at 8am to make sure that you're awake. There has to be some sort of ownership mm-hmm. over your life in order for you to be able to do well at what we offer. So yeah. yeah, good point. Any final thoughts on that one before we move on?
0: I think just to hit it home, you're not obligated to stay with the broker that you initially chose, even if it's your second time at a brokerage, mm-hmm. you're not obligated to stay there. Find the right fit, and probably more important than finding the right broker is find your person at that brokerage. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I always refer to my uh, brokerage BFFs. They're -hmm. in the same model as you. They're getting the same systems as you. They truly understand what you're going through on a day-to-day basis. You need that person. Because it's one thing to just go to another realtor in your market and say, Hey, this is what's going on. I feel like it's so crazy. And it's a whole other thing to go to somebody that's in the same exact position as you and say, What the heck? Vent, celebrate, you know, have successes and have tragedies together. Right. If you don't have anybody like that at your brokerage, you need to go.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. I agree. All right. Um, here we go. Now we're getting into kind of the current market, what's going on, um, market trends or whatever. In Q1 of 2023, 23, 42.9% 2020, 23, uh, of sellers made buyer concessions um, compared to Q1, it was 25.5%. So moving up. Moving keep like moving on of that um or you know keeping that ball rolling buyers backing out of the market top reasons for some sellers of them giving concessions is because buyers are backing out of the market sellers need to sell competition from new home builders
0: Ooh,
1: all three of us mm-hmm. here um, um can relate to new home constructions but anyways <clears throat> I think that that was pretty interesting, but kind of going back, like Q, Q4 Q of 2022 sucked, right? Sucked. Mm-hmm. Like, was absolutely Sorry. the worst. Um, yeah. And, but if you look at, if you kind of remember um, 2022, the first year, like interest rates were, or first quarter, interest rates were still three, four, like they were like in the threes and fours. Um, so... Almost, almost um, they were and they were still getting 25% s- seller concessions towards buyers, um, which I mm-hmm. feel, still think is kind of a lot. But 43% in the last in Q1, that's a lot um, for 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, but just a, a a final thought on that for myself is one third of like all the listings right now are new construction, which are offering solid concessions.
0: True. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Solid point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that the market's just tighter for everybody, even on the sell side and a low inventory market, they're understanding that like buyers are struggling right now because most sellers are themselves buyers. Like they, Mm -hmm. they see both perspectives. They see the super high interest rates. They see how competitive it still is. Right. And I would imagine, based on personal experience and team experience, like that does create some unsaid empathy. right? And it also allows the agent who's seeing both sides and playing both sides um, in different facets of their business to probably explain things a little bit better. Like, hey, I know that we got this super amazing offer, but We just went through the home inspection. They need X, Y, and Z in order to close. And it's still a pretty tough market out there because a lot of people can't qualify. I understand Mm -hmm. that it's low inventory and you're only the house in this neighborhood with a pool at this price point, but we got, you know, five offers and half of them were under list price. Like we're still seeing a ton of that in my market. Not that they're Mm -hmm. getting it under, but that that's what's being submitted.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've submitted- And it's just interesting to see how the
2: interest rates weigh in on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah, like I, I submitted three offers this week. All were going for the two one buy down and mm-hmm. asking for seller concessions just to get the rate down because when it I mean we'll we'll talk about interest rates in a second, but I think that that when you kind of get into that point where um, interest rates are a certain point, sellers are kind of under underst or should understand that they can't um not everyone can afford their beautiful home that they think that they is worth so much
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah interesting stuff mm-hmm. um it kind of also so in the article though this is just a for real tour article mm-hmm. that all of us get on a weekly basis but it also mm-hmm. talks about in q1 just over 1 in 7 Home sellers dropped their asking price in addition to providing concessions. Almost four times higher the share um, in a year earlier. So Q1 of 2022, only 4% of people um, did that as opposed to one of seven, which is 15%. Um, And roughly one in five homes that are sold in Q1 had a final sales price below the asking price. In addition to concessions...
0: Florida or nationwide?
1: This is Florida Realtors.
0: Interesting. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah. So obviously Florida has different markets and different markets are a little bit different. I know Sam, you're Tampa. So it's like a little bit different than maybe Mm -hmm. the Panhandle or like Jacksonville. Um, But I mean, but we, at that same time, the houses that check the box like that are renovated, that are, have new roofs. That's a big one or like impact windows. Those ones are selling very quickly. Mm-hmm.
0: I think one of the big things, and we saw a lot of this like towards the end of last year is sellers coming down to reality. Like I get it, Mr. Seller, you have a beautiful home. You're one right. of three homes listed and a five mile radius. And you feel right. like you've got the cream of the crop. But at the end of the day, we still have a lot of other factors at play. We've already discussed, you know, higher interest rates, buyer demand. Like there's a lot of things going into the fact that like, while last year, maybe you could have sold at 550. Right now, Mm -hmm. you can only sell at 525. Um, And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, the position of a listing agent during that consultation, I've had plenty of agents over the past couple of months say, gosh darn it. I should have just taken it overpriced. I should have done a price adjustment strategy. But instead, I told them, no, it won't sell at that price. They listed with broker B. Broker B took it at the higher price, and now they've reduced, and now they've sold. Mm-hmm. So I think I think a lot of it, in my mind at least, is unrealistic seller expectations. Mm. And then, in, for lack of a better word, like unsavvy agents. I think that mm. you have to play to the market that you're in. And unfortunately the market that we're in right now is taking an overpriced listing. If you can convince them, you can show them comps, you can talk them down. Amazing. Mm. But for the most part, taking an overpriced listing, working a price adjustment strategy into your listing agreement, that way it's all solidified ahead of time. There's no Mm. emotion or bones about it and then working from there. So the fact that sellers are adjusting prices, no shit, you missed the peak, bud.
1: Yeah. Yeah. 100 percent yeah well i mean we're looking at march 2022 um yeah like interest rates were like three or four percent and now we're looking at um and the sad thing is it's like not a lot i've sold since that time so like mm-hmm. my que- the questions that i've been getting a lot is nothing is sold in this community in the last six months how do i comp this house yeah um so but that's a different question, but I'm I feel like the bigger point.
0: issue there is like what appraisers are doing because a good right. appraiser will just truly look at the comps. And in my opinion, my humble opinion, a bad appraiser will say, oh, well, the market's different now. Let me reduce this by yeah. 25. Right. No, like right. that's insane well, yeah. to me.
1: That's wild. Yeah, And
2: we saw that firsthand when it came to the. Ever rising sales price that we saw back 2020 2021 is when appraisers weren't catching up,
1: yeah, to yeah. where
2: the new values were at, and right. buyers were just they weren't catching well. up
0: then, and now they're pricing in where there's no factual evidence to price into. Right.
1: right. Are you seeing that though? Like I haven't seen a low appraisal yes. in a while. Really. Wow. We had three
0: in the past two weeks.
1: <clears throat> That's crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting so here's my take i hate appraisers just kidding if you're listening i love you so much i hope that you do well on all of my next my next deals but i do your as a realtor i can mm-hmm. <laughs> i can set any price i want realistically yeah. right whatever the seller agrees to you i can put in the mls at the end of the day what's going to happen is a seller and a buyer are going to agree to a price and that is the market value yeah yeah mm-hmm. I didn't do shit for that. I didn't, maybe I had a conversation with my seller. Maybe I presented it really well online. Maybe I advertised it. Great. You know, I did everything marketing wise that I needed to, but at the end of the day, the seller and the buyer have agreed on a price and that has become market value Mm -hmm. and appraiser just picks whatever fucking comps he wants to. And says this is the value that I perceive and what's happening now. Is so much worse because they're saying this is the value that I perceive based on the comps, which may or may not be valid in this situation. And I'm going to price in a reduction because I feel like the market's headed down. Well, Mr. Appraiser, mm-hmm. I don't give a shit where you think the market's headed. Right. I give a shit where the comps are. Right. right. Is, did we ever agree that we could cuss on this? Because I feel like. <laughs>
1: I'm pretty sure, um, yeah. Uh, my brother-in-law started listening to this podcast, you know, like with his kids in the car, and then turned it off. Oof, it was like, but sorry. it's fine. Sorry, brother-in-law. No, no, it's fine. <laughs> but I think that's a good point because I had this conversation with, you know, a couple of my buyers, and, um, you know, they and some, they were kind of talking about, um. Well, a couple of other friends of mine were like, "Why did you make an offer so low for them?" And I'm like, "Well, it doesn't really matter if there's no other offers, and I don't don't care what a comps are going to say. It may appraise for up here, but right now, buyers are offering this, and if there's no other offers in this area, then that's why probably not? like why. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I think that it is." right now is a great buy-in opportunity if you're making the right kind of offers, I feel like. Mm -hmm.
0: On the right kind of house, high days on market, not like cream of the crop, not the only one in the neighborhood. Like you can Mm -hmm. get such a good deal right now because those sellers are freaking anxiously waiting for just like that one guy that's willing to pay a 7% interest rate and get it done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, I get it. Yeah. (laughs) 100%? Hundred percent. Yeah, Sean. Anything? Mm-hmm.
2: It's it's just that mentality of the whole thing of trying to pass that along to clients to say, "Hey, listen, you can get such a better deal, even though interest rates are seven seven percent." What did somebody say the other day? It's like buy when those are buy when everybody's fearful, but then be greedy or reserved. Be greedy when, when everybody's greedy. Fearful.
0: I think and, you were literally quoting Warren Buffett. Yes
2: it is yep. one buffet. Yeah, be greedy yep. and everyone's. <laughs> really I heard full. that one on a random video the other day. I was scrolling through social I media. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But at the same time is not everybody thinks in that in that regard because you know as much as what we do and we can only strategize so much with our buyers at this point to say, "Hey, even though you have a 7% interest rate or whatever the interest rate comes next, uh, you know you're going to refinance it." But right. it depends on a lot of aspects on if a person really wants to take that extra three or 4% to refinance their loan when it drops to X percentage. And that might not even be the floor of it. I could just keep going down to mid fives, but.
0: But I think a common issue with that too is that a lot of agents talk themselves into knowing the problem, right? Mm -hmm. So they create these solutions for these problems that they themselves have created in Mm -hmm. their mind, right? Right. It might not be a problem for your client that they have a 7% interest rate. At the end of the day, probably I'm completely making this up. 50% of the population has no financial education whatsoever. Right. Right. They have no Mm. idea what the difference is. They have credit cards at 26, 28%, 7% mortgage might seem like a freaking steal of a deal, except for the media telling them that it's not right. They're creating these problems in their head. They're answering questions that have never been questioned. And they're not having the right kind of conversation. So right. if you can actually analyze what your client's problem is, and most of the time, it's just that they really admire having a home or owning a home and they don't know how to get there. And if you can assist them by showing them all of these different creative ways to get a home for the best price available, the best terms, okay. da, 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 you're going to have more deals. But if you right. walk into every situation with a buyer client saying, "Oh, well, they're not going to buy. Interest rates are too high right now. You know, prices, yeah. sellers, da, da da da," it's not going to happen for you,
1: right? Right. Well, I think that yeah, so determining
2: le- the outcome.
1: Yeah. Right. And, but I mean, like, kind of like leading into like our next um, topic, which is overcoming that high interest rate objection. I think that for the most part, we're we as consumers are really just looking at the monthly payment so like I don't care mm-hmm. if my car payment is nine percent, it's only you know x amount a month or whatever that is but but that in itself is a depreciating de- depreciating asset where well, we're not looking at that as a house that is an appreciating asset and we can refinance later. Mm-hmm. And we all know what yeah. happens when interest rates come down; prices go up. So, I mean, for the most mm-hmm. part, um, I mean, I mean, it it really kind of tweaks your um, your agents or us as realtors, and it really kicks out the bad realtors, which is I really like, which is what I really yeah. like,
2: for sure. The I do want to see the exodus stats.
0: of agents,
2: right? That's what I want to see is the stats coming from. Either the Florida Realtors or our National Association of Realtors to see the purging of the people not renewing their license every license renewal period.
0: I was going to say, we had that. a team leader like a couple months ago be like, oh, this many agents have left my association. I literally have no idea how to pull that, but I want to know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> how comforting.
2: For sure. <laughs> Just continuously right? adding more market share. Just
0: like hashtag, I'm still here, you know? Yeah, like, right. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and as I a, know. but it really does. So it really does. Um, well, just them like a seller perspective. Um, you're gonna want to pick the best realtor, not just like a family friend, right? Because mm-hmm. you want someone that actually knows the market, that actually c- can market your property, and you know do a great job rather than you know a hill we're on a small snow you know a snowball the hills down and it's really easy to make snowballs on a downward mm-hmm. but like in this instance you know with rising interest rates a little bit difficult does that make sense that was a really yeah. you know, easy i lost it Snowballs.
0: Yeah, it's it's to say down. when things
2: are easy that's that snowballs gradually building more steam and Going it's easier downhill. because it gathers more snow
0: right
2: you have to be um, from the midwest or been around snow to basically i've been get that around reference. snow
0: i've never been around just snowballs that all pile of our, into one and just right i'm thinking <laughs> so about the rest of our
2: listeners that may be in florida <laughs> they may not know a snowball reference here so
1: yeah
0: yeah you know i was just
1: thinking you know honestly i was when i was thinking about that um in the moment when i was saying that i'm like maybe maybe downhill isn't the right uh terminology but then i'm like because we have hills right snowball though it can it's easier than pushing a snowball up the hill Mm -hmm. so that Mm -hmm. was (laughs) yeah Mm
0: -hmm. all right well so i i think every good agent is excited for the mass exodus like if you're not mm. then you're lying and it's because your best friend susie just got her license and joined century 21 okay right? why like, why I most my of us name
1: okay <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> she's a listener i don't know why no.
0: okay. <laughs> you know what i mean like mm-hmm. There's no reason to not be excited for that unless you're a part-timer, you're somebody that's only done two to four transactions a year, like you're doing less than the realtor average. And this isn't your full-time job. Like you're not depending on this for your first income. Right. I think that all of us have probably been on the other side of a transaction where the agent was part-time or very inexperienced. And we literally just felt bad for their client
1: right yeah right so are you saying
2: the side gig realtors are not not going to do well in this industry the ones that get their license to well i mean there's some people significantly that just get their real estate license to purchase their own property
1: next to those people's names
0: i want you to be identified (laughs) in a public way like i want there to be a asterisk next to your name exactly like robbie said and you to admit to everybody else that you have a full-time job at geico before you're able to show them a home at five thirty, you know, like <laughs> yeah. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> just a scarlet letter walking around, just being like, "Yeah, that's a part-time agent there." Um.
0: I will say that I have met agents. Let me just throw this out there: I have met agents that were just starting out, and when you're just mm-hmm. starting out, and you don't have a spouse or a partner that has a secondary income that you can survive on while you're getting started which I've always had, mm-hmm. then you are probably going to have another job.
2: right?
0: But you have to treat real estate like it's your full-time job.
2: Right. Otherwise
0: it's never going to pan out the way that you need it to. You're never going to have the client respect that you need it to. You're never going to have the respect of your peers that you need to in order to truly create this full-time position for yourself.
1: Right. right. If you want, if you Did want to mil- get a million dollar business part-time you or full-time? to treat it like one. Oh, full time. Right.
2: Of course. Started full time. (laughs) Sam? Did you Um, start full time? I
0: I cheated because I had a property management business.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. Which worked
0: just like real estate. I could Mm. work them side by side. Mm -hmm. Right. And it didn't like, like I wasn't working a nine to five and did real estate on the side. I could do both at the same time.
2: Gotcha. The kind of cohesiveness to that. So you're gaining. Oh my gosh, Sean, you started as
0: part time, didn't you? I did. (laughs) Did you work for Geico?
2: I did not work for Geico, <laughs> thankfully. I was uh, Before I got into real estate, I was in the hospitality industry. If you
1: have Geico insurance.
0: But that's rough, so right? Fun. Like that's it's really hard. It's extremely
2: rough. Taking phone calls and prospecting in between breaks and doing other things while I was working in hospitality job and you know, gone for 12 hours. Yeah.
0: Most people don't do what you did where mm-hmm. you were working on your breaks. They wait until yeah. they get home. They've solidified everything in their daytime job to start doing their part-time job. Like most right. people don't treat it that way. Course. And also, I'm sorry. <laughs> also,
1: I mean, That's when like people precious, first get in, they ten, think that I it's
2: felt easy. like the. Yeah, that is true. Most people think it's easy depending on the situation. Oh my God, they think they it's joined. so easy.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're like, I'm going to put two hours in, I'm going to make freaking $6,000. Yeah. It's going to be amazing.
2: They think they just see how lucrative it is for people to, from an outsider standpoint, they don't see the back end work. Don't see I try to
0: position to new agents all the time. Real estate is arguably, probably with that argument, but let's just say arguably, one of the highest paying commission jobs that you can have. Mm-hmm. How the f- can you think that it's not going to be difficult? Right. How?
1: Yeah. Everyone's yeah. like, it's You're easy right. to find 24 people a year to like um, sell a home. I get
0: amazing good for you if you can do it you got
2: 24 people but you're gonna have 12 of those back out of a contract at one point Mm. and then you're gonna go into a downward spiral and then you're gonna start blaming yourself and not seeing the not seeing the commission checks come through and then you're gonna chase it with commission breath so
0: i do think that a part of the realtor licensing course should be about dead pendings Yeah, because nobody talks about that. You're not prepared. You lose Mm -hmm. a deal and you're like, oh, my God, I'm the worst person ever. It's never going to happen. I tell my agents all the time, my dead pending drawer. is probably double as thick as my closed drawer. And that is a rite of passage. Mm -hmm. But
1: it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't always mean that it was your fault. That the deal. No,
0: it's barely ever my fault. Let me be absolutely.
2: (laughs) It's <laughs> never fault. Sam's part. <laughs> yeah. The ownership mentality Samantha, not me. Not me. <laughs> okay. It was never. They didn't my have
1: fault. a 1% loan. I had nothing to do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, let's get to the, the Rocket Mortgage. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's moving on, Rocket Mortgage um now has a 1% loan where they the buyer comes up with 1%, Rocket Mortgage gives the other two. Um, but I kind of want to ask you guys, your agents, if you're a listing agent, um, and you see a rocket mortgage pre-approval and not biased. your local lender, what's your right. thoughts?
0: I don't need a local lender. I need something that's going to answer the phone, not right. pass me off to like the fourth person the fourth if there's time an that I extension call them because i'm in a different part exactly
1: if there's yeah. an extension number on that on that probably not the best person
0: if it's not a cell phone and i can't text you we're done yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah if it doesn't i feel have like i goal... also have like absurdly high expectations though of the people that i work with and if they don't respond within like half an hour it's like mm, i know your phone's in your hand and <laughs> the fact mm-hmm. that you're ignoring me i'm over it
2: Right And nothing, I might be a little biased only because I do have family members in that mortgage company in Michigan. (laughs) So I do have a background (laughs) in knowledge. So I do know a few of those people, but in the way that they're set up, and there's a reason why they process so many loans and the different programs that they have. But from the perspective of what we see on a day-to-day basis, if I have to call a generalized support line, And talk to a receptionist, pass to another receptionist, pass to a processor who's going to pass me off to maybe the loan processor, to another person that I has no idea what file I'm talking about. It's going to damage a relationship real quick. So Mm -hmm. 1% is amazing for a lot of people. But do you think that's ever going to turn into a thing to where they're passing off people that might not be the most qualified if they're only putting
1: 1% down? I want. I want to He's give like. a
0: 2008 vibes over here.
2: No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not speculating. I'm just saying, if a person <laughs> only has to come up with one percent.
0: Sean Leahy is protecting the housing crash.
2: <laughs> no, no, this is not not valid. Not valid. I'm not prospecting this. I would just like. I want to give the, the opinions details of, of the my co-host.
1: I want to give the details. Right. I think that's important. So okay. Let's hear. One percent comes from the buyer. Two percent is a grant from Rocket Mortgage. Okay. There's no Does it just PMI. sit
0: on top of the first and then I have to pay it back at closing?
1: Oh I don't know the answer to that. Okay, but sorry. This is okay. this is just from like the what I've gathered from the article. But it sure, comes sure. from a grant. Mm-hmm. There's no PMI. You have to have a higher than six twenty credit score. It must be a primary primary residence. It can't be the loan can't be more than three fifty. And this is probably the kicker for a lot of people is you can't make more than sixty five thousand. Total combined
0: household? Yeah, combined
1: household
2: combined household. combined household sixty five k.
0: So like what kind of okay. house are you buying?
2: And then what you price said price? that there was a maximum of three three fifty for loan
1: amount Three fifty is the loan amount max. So it may not do well, well in Florida. So- right but like let's say middle georgia it'll
0: do well in parts of florida
1: yeah, yeah sure. in the more rural areas if you're thinking
0: yeah. about ocala yeah yeah you know middle of yeah. the state Sebring.
1: 1% right. down now
0: <laughs> lakeland
1: yeah
2: but 1% but we,
0: but and honestly amazing. generalized we household this.
2: income of
1: you know as a hmm. team we kind of talked about this as interest rates kind of go high the lenders get a little bit more creative, which is kind right. of scary. I feel like they have it's to, sketchy. you know, yeah or not.
2: But so back to my saying, point: if they have a household <laughs> income of sixty five k, FICO store score of six twenty or above, of course, are they? It's just like what you said earlier: they're only looking at monthly payment at that
1: point. Yeah. That's like such a... Don't you feel like at a household
0: income of $65,000 a year, you should be able to afford a house?
1: Yeah, you should. I mean... You should be able to. In certain parts of the country. Ideally, but it's... In central Florida. Right. North, Not the coast where like things are ridiculous like crazy
0: sure. i mean you shouldn't be able to afford like a beachfront condo i agree right. with you but like as a working person you should be able mm-hmm. to afford a three bed two bath 1400 square foot sure
1: no. you should i think i think you're right
0: but under I mean, today's I interest
1: think... rates i'm not sure
0: but i think that that's the american dream and so if right. in order to achieve the american dream you have to come up with a program where you're offering one down loan. What was the credit score minimum?
1: 620. 620.
0: Okay. Well, that's kind of freaking bananas.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I yeah. You know. But and I, I didn't I would, catch I the answer
0: earlier. Does the second just kind of sit there and then you repay it when you close again?
1: Well, a grant, a grant is a given, right? Mm-hmm.
0: But I've done a lot of, of down payment assistance programs, which is what this sounds like, where the second, which is essentially what it is, or the grants, it's on top of that primary mortgage. You don't accrue any interest, you don't make any payments on it. And then when you sell, Exactly. I don't know. No, they don't owe part of the house, but there's Mm -hmm. no interest, there's no payments. And then when you sell in X amount of years, so some of the programs are set for five years, 10 years, 15 years, then you have to repay that out of the net proceeds.
1: Right. Right. I don't know. Great question. We should um, look
0: more.
1: We into should this. call them up. Yeah, Sean, yes, we should. Uh, all Sean, your for right. yep. I'm going to get members. on the,
2: the main support line and then I'm going to get forwarded to 10 other people and I will get back to you after I get to the 10th person.
0: Right. right, right. Um, <laughs> so it's two and a half percent down payment worth the process that Sean just described. This is what you should be talking to your clients about.
2: I feel like it's like mm-hmm. a, an episode from the office when they're trying to sell the guy a paper and they call this big box paper company. Mm-hmm. and they get stuck on a hold line for 10 minutes and of course they yeah. call their paper company and they get the exact person
0: i was teaching role play the other day and i literally had that thought like oh here's a great idea call bank of america mm-hmm. <laughs> try to get to their mlo yep and then call like your preferred lender and just show the difference to your client
1: yeah exact process well that's what try i try call them on I'm saturday saying a buyer and they come up with like they give me like a this is my bank and it's like a pre-approval from their That's bank.
0: exactly yeah. what I was talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> Don't work with the big banks is our point. Right. Tune in and role play every Wednesday. All
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Join our brokerage.
1: Shameless plug. Shameless plug. All right. Last um, but not least. What is one thing that nobody would know about you? Um. I'm a, I want to leave Sean for last.
0: I was just going to yeah. say, we're all dying to know Sean first.
1: No, I'm okay, going to Sean save the best for last.
2: Nah, no, Sean wants to go last.
0: It. He was like, it's so cool. I'll go last. I'll go first because mine's not exciting. And I feel like probably everybody already knows us. I think that I shout it from the rooftops. Okay. My car ride home from happy hour was telling me that I am not a good time manager because I'm truly not I suck at organization and managing Hmm. my time and I try to do everything it's surprising right I know nobody thinks that about me because I hide it so well (laughs) but the key is (laughs)
2: It's right next to the dead pending file, right? That's the organization <laughs> of the process behind you. is just The key you can't to find hiding dead the fact file. that you're not
0: it's organized. Not <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, The dead pending file isn't there. It's a made it's up file like, in my cabinet. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: The digital files in my computer. The key
0: to hiding that you're not organized and don't have good time management is that you just get back to everybody as soon as it happens. Like Mm. that is truly my prioritization because I know for a fact if I don't respond to you right then, it's out of my mind. It wasn't on my calendar. It wasn't on my list. It's out of my mind. And I said it wasn't on my list, but I haven't written a list in like six months, so (laughs) (laughs) I have to be under an unusual amount of stress in order to write a list without prompting.
1: Okay, I like that. That's amazing. Um, What
0: about you, Robbie? What did Uh, Susie say?
1: Yeah, so a couple things. She had a list. Um, And (laughs) she also (laughs) sent it pretty quickly. So, um, anyways, the first thing was, which I understand, um, is how much time um, I take to contemplate contemplate things. So, (laughs) like, you you're a me, long like, thinker you like gave me a question i'm like well yeah let me think about this for a second that is mm-hmm. the worst yeah. you know um but it's not like a also... pr-
2: procrastination t- standpoint though that's just like trying to take time to process
0: it. no it is kind of because are you waiting to hear what somebody else's opinion is before you form your own opinion or are you literally just taking that freaking long to make your own decision
1: so here's the mm-hmm. thing this is like the this is Susie knows me like personally Whereas but mm-hmm. she doesn't what? know like, you
0: guys are married. This yeah, is insane.
1: But she doesn't know but she doesn't know like uh business. She doesn't know like what working me working with me is like. So like
0: mm-hmm. generally
1: working with me, I feel like I make pretty quick decisions. Or if like in a real estate tra- transaction, transaction, yeah. make quick decisions, because I think you have to. But yeah, personal decisions or like life decisions. Um yeah, I probably do think I, I do generally, if she has an argument with me, this is just a uh, personal, you know, whatever. But like, He's if she's right like arguing right with me, if she's <laughs> arguing with me, then yeah, I'm going to think about things a little bit longer. Can
0: you know? I plead the same then? Because I feel like at work, I'm super organized. Just like all of my outside <laughs> life, not organized.
2: Okay, so your organization
0: just doesn't falls know work past the work
1: life. Okay.
0: Exactly. Like I'm okay. so in on work. Everything else in my life, complete disaster.
1: I just sam okay. um a would you rather on Sam.
0: Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You
1: did. <laughs> proud of you.
2: I'm so proud um, of you. But see,
1: <laughs> and then the second thing is, which I think is um, <laughs> utterly false, um, but I'm going to say it, is not a great driver. You
0: probably okay. are a bad driver,
1: and I think I'm a great driver. No accidents, <laughs> no tickets. Mm-hmm. The list goes on. In in
0: none ever never. Well,
1: tickets. Sure. Mm. I have some tickets. <laughs> yeah, tickets? So like they were sub 18. Yeah. They were sub
0: 18, 18. What years old? What does that mean? Okay,
1: like I had them it was before. Oh, before and 18. you
0: were 18 years old, not like yeah. sub 18 miles per hour.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Okay. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm 18 years old.
2: He was going through a school zone at 18 miles an hour.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> He blew past that one.
0: <laughs> I feel this like freaking, this is a really good topic. Sean, freaking HOA how many accidents have you been
2: in? <laughs> uh, that were my fault or not my fault? I don't care. Um, two. One was my fault and one was not my fault. Mm-hmm. The more catastrophic one was the one that was not my fault.
0: I think being a real estate agent entitles you to car accidents. That's my take.
2: Yeah, our insurance policy should cover something like that. Since it is a work accident, it's almost like a worker's comp issue. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. I think that as a real estate agent, you drive three to five times as much as like a normal human being that's commuting to work. Our job is literally commuting. So like by statistical evidence, you're going to get into more accidents than the average person.
2: Then we should just do hazard pay as part of our... Yearly annual mm-hmm. salary to ourselves.
0: I've totaled three cars, if you are wondering. Oof. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All totaled? three your fault?
1: Not just the accident.
0: Total. One of them was a the deer's fault.
2: Oh. The other one... Did you see the deer and you didn't stop or just <laughs> <laughs> said, I need you know some venison so in my freezer?
1: <laughs> so if you're we listening, down, meet Sam at the property. Down Don't. The of my car.
0: <laughs> one of them, definitely my fault. The other one, definitely my
2: fault. Okay, so we're to <laughs> her fault. And the third... Was the deer? spot. <laughs> the deer's
0: But as a real estate agent, again, like you drive so much more than the average person. Like if I uh-huh. just drove my measly twelve thousand miles a year, I wouldn't have been in three accidents until I was like forty.
2: Sure. Okay. Unless there's a deer that comes along, but
1: I live <laughs> in. Depends on you where know, you're actually. At no deer. So there was. So like when I first moved to Florida, I worked in hospitality, and my first year, I was a valet. And there is this mm-hmm. one of my best friends he he ran the fastest ran the hardest probably easily did the most cars um and also totaled the most cars and i'm I'm pretty sure it's because
0: Sam's, as a valet like,
1: Sam's point he did he also like drove the most cars right. it's
0: an exposure issue
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> normally
0: right yeah if i get in 20 cars and you only get in two i'm gonna get in more accidents you know yeah i guess Mm -hmm. all right sean (laughs) what did your wife say about you
2: well for the record of this podcast being recorded because prefacing this whole episode we all said hey let's text Mm -hmm. our spouses Mm -hmm. to find out what our worst qualities are and i think i Barely hit send.
1: Yeah,
2: not gonna lie. Between five and seven seconds, there was an answer already typed out. Granted, <laughs> it was only two words, but like, still, five to seven seconds. It did not take Robbie you that long. I'm dying
0: to know what are the two words. Come on.
2: Um. So the two words is the extreme stubbornness, and I see her viewpoint. <laughs> I see her viewpoint on occasion. There's some can I, things that can I, I just.
0: Can we just hold on for one second? Right. Brittany, I hear you. I've dealt with this on a personal level. Oh and I'm so sorry that this is what you've signed up for. That is all.
2: She knows what she was signing up for. No, she knows. Or she wouldn't have said yes in the first place. <laughs> but I see her viewpoint. There are some things that I just let skate It's just funny
1: by. she said that. So
2: even crazy. keel. But there are some <laughs> things that I'll, I'll go to bat on because I have my opinion matters what I think matters for most, Mm -hmm. most cases. But this was towards, I would say at the beginning of our relationship that I did kind of set things that I had a heavy opinion on. Love it. I was like, yeah, let's do it this way. Mm. But
0: can I ask a question that's probably too invasive for a podcast?
1: Sure. No, but yes, go for it. It's great for content. Let's go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sam gets kicked off of podcasts. I've <laughs> six weeks. She's kicked so off. She's going on. Nobody wrote this headline, but her. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like the extreme stubbornness is because you truly believe that like, this is how things should go? Or do you feel like the extreme stubbornness is because you want to be correct?
2: I could care less if I'm correct or not. There's some things that I feel like if it's done a certain way, it gets done faster and if it doesn't go that way sure it might get done but i don't want to waste too much of my life doing something that obviously could be done mm-hmm. a little bit faster so i don't know it's more of a leverage thing or i'll you just prioritize efficiency myself.
0: over everything else
2: correct
0: whether like i'm right or not
2: sense. let me figure out like if i'm yeah. right or wrong if i'm wrong then okay i wasted double the time and then we ended up doing your way anyways but so if you haven't verified that though.
0: it is the most efficient way, then you would probably agree that just being correct, that it is the most efficient way, is, is really what you're looking for.
2: I guess now the self-realization setting in, but yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> you're welcome, Brandon. I, This is a full therapy <laughs> This session. is my baby gift.
2: This is. <laughs> well, my wife. I will not be buying you a
0: formal present.
1: It's
2: yes. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> oh my
1: gosh.
0: Me too, Sean. Though I just want to say I'm going to throw myself under the bus just right beside you. Me too. Mm-hmm. I'm the same. Honestly,
1: I feel like Sam is also in the same boat. Like it's like, um, just you know, off of our two years. How how long have we known each other? Like two years. Um you know, whatever. I think Sam is in the same boat of that stubbornness. Yeah. Efficiency. Like, I'm she's definitely like, right. He's like, I'm right on my efficiency way. until she's wrong.
0: And if it's not, then like, I will apologize to you. But if For we sure. didn't try my way first, I'll never forgive you.
2: Correct. I'll That's, always have that what if mentality to be like, all right, well, what if we would have done
1: it this way? Would yeah. it have worked out?
0: It's amazing. But amazing. again, I'm
1: glad there's just a lot of growth also happening on this podcast, yeah. whether or not people listen to it or not. I'm glad that, you know, in our lives and relationships, people are thriving. <laughs> yeah. And
0: do you have any would you rather, Sean?
2: I have a couple for time's sake, if we'd like to fill. Yeah,
0: let's be around. These. Let's.
2: um OK, so let's we'll kind of all team it. oriented here. Yes. Let's see if the saga continues. I don't so, think would you rather have a team? Or... Yes, not quite, but yes. Um, would you rather have a team that's more risk adverse and cautious, or a team that's more willing to take risks and try new things?
0: Risk adverse. We are hashtag team no lawsuits. Knocking on wood. Okay, that is our motto. And when they start to mess with that, it doesn't go well.
1: I did not think of, like, lawsuits.
0: Yeah, my that mentality,
2: when I was asking that, I was not thinking lawsuits.
1: But now you bring it up. I was just thinking but of, like. The
0: ultimate risk is losing your license. Well, like of that course. That is the risk.
1: That is, like, I feel like the extreme risk. I'm thinking of, like, marketing. Right. <laughs> uh, right.
2: I was thinking prospecting, marketing, day-to-day wow. operations. Like what's the... That's not where I went. I think about nope.
0: worst case scenario. Yeah. Right, yeah.
2: James I guess when you say over risk over
1: though, I guess when you say risk though, the risk is losing your license. So um Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, but I still thought when you initially said it, risk at first.
0: <laughs> We're in agreement. Okay. Amazing.
1: That's it. I get a <laughs> Refigure out what podcast. these would you rather uh, sound
2: like?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys get a month of guest hosts. You're going to be totally fine.
2: That's probably forgotten about true. That. Anyways, then the next one was Would you rather have a team that's more focused on short term results or focus on the long term growth of sustainability?
1: Long term all day. <laughs> But I understand if someone was like short term because Don't it's on like the quick fence. wins.
2: Don't sit on the fence. Not allowed. It's a would you
1: rather one or the other. I'm going to say long term. Those are the people that are here forever. Short term short term wins or not.
0: Here's the deal. I can teach long term, but we need short term to eat. In the <laughs> garden, so I'm going to go short term.
2: Okay. I see that.
1: We need short
0: term.
2: I eat. love people with a long term growth mentality, though. I I feed off of those kind of people. But like, Uh,
0: if we don't have money in the next 90 days, honey, we don't have lights.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. There's no internet. How are we calling?
2: Right. But if you think about it from a prospecting standpoint, if they're so short term oriented, are they really focusing on the next? I get it.
0: I get it. But there's an easy transition from, okay, you're an agent that can handle the low-hanging fruit to, okay, you're an agent that can nurture a long-time client. That's an easy transition. If you're somebody that can't even get the low-hanging fruit and I'm just supposed to believe that in a year and a half this guy's going to transact Mm -hmm. with you because you nurtured him so well, like I have bills to pay.
1: Uh,
2: Robbie, did that flip your decision or are you still in long-term game? No, I'm still long-term all day. Okay.
1: I feel like the people that want to be in real estate are here or the people that are going to be in real estate for the next five years are long-term thinkers. Yeah and the people that um don't renew their license are short-term seniors. Okay. All right, last team?
2: one, would you ever rather have a team that's more focused on commission splits or more fo- more focused on overall team profitability? Profitability.
1: Those are like
2: very what? strange different. Very two sides of the spectrum, yeah. It's two ends um, of the spectrum. It's completely. So if they're more focused on commission splits,
1: agents basically what it's listing.
2: <laughs> yeah. But right? if they're focusing on the profitability. Okay. So well, let's do it rather than on the overall team standpoint and do it more on a more focused of the agent perspective. If they're focused on the commission splits of the deals that they're going to be potentially putting pending, like the 2%, two and a half, three 3%, whatever the case may be. Or are they mo- more focused on the grandeur of the profitability scale of what they're going to do overall in that year? I guess it's more short-term, long-term mentality, but.
1: I want to go back to that. So what
0: you're saying is like, do they get hung up on the split or can they think long-term volume, you know, Walmart right. versus whatever, little grocer on the corner.
2: Boutique,
0: yeah. um, farmer's market.
2: A lot. I mean, for the record, Sam's got a lot of name dropping this episode, but <laughs> we're not sponsored. For what it's worth, we are not sponsored by any of the entities in which we've stated. I should put the asterisk at the end of the episode. Our disclaimer is, all names we are not associated with nor sponsored by.
0: Poor <laughs> CT1. Yeah, I did definitely <laughs> throw them under the bus earlier. Uh. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm what a, I would say is... Long-term uh, all day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I literally said this verbatim to an agent the other day that I was interviewing. 50% of a watermelon is better than 100% of a grape. And it's true, even though it's cheesy.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Mark Cuban says that every episode of Shark Tank the fact that he just left me in red will I mean, never forget.
1: You, you ain't wrong. <laughs> that, I yeah. mean, that is a really good analogy. I was just trying to like I, I was just trying to relate to it really quickly. But it does make sense. Right. It does make sense. True. But again, I'm in there for the long term. We're here for mm-hmm. a long time.
2: Not, Not really. a good
0: time.
1: Yeah. Well, and hey,
2: good time. You can't have a good time, but...
0: <laughs> but mostly a long time.
2: <laughs> mostly a long time.
0: Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Always long.
1: That's right. That's right. All right. Sam. Take Sam, split. take us out of here. Without take name dropping, can you please episode. take us out of here?
0: <laughs> Thank you so much, Realtors of the time. National Association of Realtors Organization, for tuning in and keeping it just between us agents. We will see you next week. Cut.